Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. We've been in a series called Overflow. Uh, Overflow is the theme for our year. And, and Overflow, just for those of you that are new, just so you can you know, come along for the ride tonight and understand what it's about, uh, Overflow, I believe, is what God wants to pour out into people's life. There are so many ways and, and, and examples that we see this happening in the Bible. Uh, but I think that Overflow is also the result of sowing the right seeds in your life so that God can bless the right things in your life. How many of you know that God doesn't bless all of your decisions? He doesn't have to bless everything that you do, but there are some good things that you can do in your life. So I'm talking about the principle of sowing and reaping. And again, if we just look in the Scriptures, because the, the reality is, if I'm just going to talk about sowing and reaping, well, you could go to an accountant, they'll give you the, the same advice. Hey, make a bad investment, guess what? You're going to harvest something that's pretty bad later on. But what I'm saying to you, and what makes us spiritual is that God actually gets involved in the decisions that we make. So if you are new and you don't know this, right now I promise you God is closer than hands and feet. And and you know what the Bible says about Him? It says that with God, there's no shadow, there's no variation. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And thank God for that. Because you know what that means? It means that when we come to God, we know what we can expect from Him every time. He's not high, He's not low, He's not up, He's not down. He is the same every time. What does He want to do? Well, I told you that. He wants to pour out good things into people's lives. I remember I had a friend of mine years ago who said to me, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this, maybe you've said it, maybe it came out of your mouth, but they said, well, I've tried God and it didn't work, you know. And I was like, bro, he's not an iPhone. You know, like, it's not like you made the switch from Samsung to iPhone and, and you know, you're like, no, nah, I don't like it. I'm, I'm going back, which is a sin. But, um, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not like um, it, it, it's that kind of scenario. I'm like, you know, it, the thing with, with God is you don't try him out. You, you, you're seeking the God, the creator of heaven and earth. And sometimes if all we want is we come to him and we give him our shopping list and unless he meets our demands, we get disappointed. You're probably approaching your relationship with God in the wrong way. And, and so, like I said, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But can I tell you that, you know, when it comes to your relationship with God, he is not the problem. It's you. It's us. We're the ones. He's the same. He's always good. He's consistent. Every day, every season, he's always the same. No, what's the problem sometimes in our relationship? Well, I know this, that if there is an issue here, it's me. All right. And so what I want to do today is I want to read a scripture. And we've been in this series talking about the principle of sowing and reaping. The series called Overflow. It's the last week. And man, did I save a great passage of scripture for this final week. I want to read it to you um, out of Mark chapter 4. And in this scripture, it's called the parable of the sower which, you know, I mean, in all honesty, I think they titled it wrong. Now, they didn't check with me about this. They didn't, it's not like they said, do we have your approval? I would not have given it, you know, because, you know, when I read this scripture, you know what I think? This shouldn't be called the parable of the sower. This should be called the parable of the soil because that's what we're talking about. Or, or maybe the parable uh, of the hearts, or maybe a story of four hearts, four different ways to respond to the soul. Anyway, look, there was a, a lot of options. They went with the wrong one, but it's cool. We're going to let them have it. So verse three, let's, let's go. This is Jesus saying, speaking, he says, listen, behold, a sower. Now, who is the sower? 
great question. Well, in the story, it's God. But pay attention. Because once you learn what the seed is, you could be the sower. I could be the sower. So there was a sower. And he went out to sow. That's what they do. And, uh, and what was he sowing? Well, what I've done here for you, just so you know, is that Jesus' disciples listened to everything he, he said next. And I kind of imagine that Jesus was doing this teaching and there was people everywhere and Jesus' disciples were behind him and they're like, that's right, listen up, listen to our teacher. That's our, you know, Jesus over there. Listen, it's good, right? And then afterwards they're like, we don't even know what you were talking about. We have, what does that mean, you know? So later on when he had the disciples by himself, he goes through this whole thing where he unpacks everything you're about to hear. But since it would mean I'm going to read a lot of scripture, I just kind of condensed it for you. So I'm going to give you Jesus's interpretation as I read the first part. You're right? Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, we're just going to make it a bit shorter for you tonight. So here's what happens. Uh, he, he goes out to sow. And what did he sow? Well, later on, Jesus says that that sowing, that's the gospel. That's the seed. Now, the gospel uh, is kind of like an umbrella word. Like the, the, the gospel is not like just this one thing. It kind of is and it isn't. In fact, the, the, the Bible tells the story of the gospel in some way, you know. It's the story of God loving people that didn't love him. It's the story of God coming after people that constantly rejected him. It's the story of people turning their back on him year after year, never being able to measure up, but God recognizing that they were incapable of saving themselves. So the good news is, is that he came and did it for you. He came and lived the perfect life that you could never live. And then he died on the cross paying the penalty for your sins. Not his sins. He had no sin, just your sins. And that happened so that at a future point in time, such as the significance and the magnitude of who Jesus is, is that today, if you were to say what he did on the cross, I believe he paid the penalty for my sins. In that moment, even though your sins are present and he died in the past, right then, you are set free from the power of sin that's in, in your life. The Bible says you become a new creation. And that, by the way, is how you get into heaven. So don't try to work it out with good works. Don't try to scale it up and try how many good things that I do. You will bomb out, okay? That you will fail. It took people thousands of years to figure this out, but you need to be saved by grace through faith in what Jesus did. Amen? Amen. All right, so we understand what the seed is? Oh, gosh. Look, I mean, I, 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 like, I'm not the kind of guy that wants to, you know, pat myself on the back, but, you know, guys, that was a pretty good explanation of the gospel. We understand what it is, right? Ah, oh, geez. All right. Well, listen, I, I'm going to work really hard tonight, and hopefully by the end, you'll just all be with me, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, so anyway, Verse 4, it says, and he sowed, and some of the, okay, we're talking about the seeds, right? What's he sowing? He's sowing the seeds. Some of the seeds fell along the path. What's the path? Well, it's a heart, okay? And so this parable has four hearts. We're going to hear about all of that right now. Now, I said that when it came to the sower, that could be you, me, or God. Um, but when it comes to the hearts, that's just you and me. Because God doesn't develop a hard heart even to you when he could, because he loves you. So that's not him. But it says in verse 4, as he sowed, some of them fell along the, the seeds fell along the path and the, the birds came and devoured it. And the disciples didn't know what it is. Jesus said this later on. He said, oh, that, that was Satan. See, please don't un misunderstand. We live in a spiritual world, a spiritual dynamic. And what happens is someone is going to come along like I just did and tell you the good news. And the moment that I do that, there's another voice that comes into the, your head and it says, no, that's not true. Oh, that's... This scripture is being fulfilled in your hearing, okay? That is, that is literally exactly what I'm talking about right now. You hear the good news, you hear the gospel, you hear, that's good seed, right? 
But, but then someone says, no, that's not true. That's the enemy trying to snatch the seed. All right, so it goes on. Verse 5, another seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. They said, what's that about? He said, oh, that's about persecution. When Christians are persecuted, sometimes they just say, no, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. Verse 7, other seed fell among the thorns in, oh man, and in Palestine, man, the thorns are legendary. They're like razor wire sharp. You would not grow a harvest in that, okay? So the, the thorns grew up and they choked it and it yielded no grain. Now the whole point of sowing is to what? Uh, guys, look, this is really, this is like ABCs, okay? So, so no, no, no spiritual tests or anything like that. It's like, what's the point of sowing? So that you can... Okay, yeah, good. All right, you're with me. So, so the whole point is to reap, right? And, and this is not what happens here. And they're trying to understand why it doesn't happen. Jesus explains it. What's the thorns? He says, well, that's the cares of the, of the world. That's you getting caught up. That's you uh, believing in the deceitfulness of riches. You know, oh, you got enough money, you'll be safe. Got enough money, you'll be okay. Yeah, well, that doesn't always work for people. I think we already know that, right? So AKA, a bunch of things can happen in life. That leaves you what? Distracted. Distracted. Okay, so it goes on in verse 8. Other seeds fell into the good soil. And then if you were to drop down in verse 20, which we're not going to do because I summarized it for you, it says the good soil is the person who accepts what he hears. And that word accepts means to react favorably to what you hear. Now, everyone tonight is hearing the same thing. Some people will react favorably to it and God will bless that. Yeah. And I hope that no one you know, reacts negatively to it because what God wants to do is bless you. And here's what happens. He says, you know, if you react favorably, it produced grain and growing up and increasing and yielding and look at the measure. That's what I want you to see. Look at the measure. It starts as a bare minimum of 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Now, the average fold in Palestine, we're talking about a harvest. The average fold in Palestine is like, you know, seven or eight folds, right? So when we see a hundred, I see that, I do understand this is lost on you, you're not farmers, okay? I, I understand that, you don't work in agriculture, uh, maybe one or two of you, but I think probably most of you don't. Can I just say this, a hundred fold harvest is spectacular. Yeah. What would I call that? Well, I just call that overflow, yeah. supernatural overflow. And then he says in verse nine, Jesus said this, he who has ears let him hear so he wasn't saying you has everybody got ears right he's saying no 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 are you are you awake are you a spirit are you spiritually awake right now are you listening to what jesus is saying through this message that's what oh sorry that's what he was saying uh, to, to to his hearers okay so sorry if that felt like it was projected at you um so i don't know about you right I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, one of the things that I do is I often look for myself in the story. So I read it and I think, all right, well, what do I have to learn here? How do I have to grow? Uh, God, what are you trying to say to me? So I, 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 I see myself in the story. Where, where am I? What do I what, God, what are you saying to me? Does anybody else ever do that? Okay, four or five of you. Okay, so the rest of you do it because it's very helpful, okay? And, and, and you want to grow. So, so I think what happens is I'm reading this, this story, this parable, and maybe what you're doing as I'm saying it is you're, you're filtering who you are. 
You know, so you're like, all right, four hearts, four hearts, four hearts. Which one am I? Which one am I? Okay, uh, Satan came and snatched the seeds. No, <laughs> I'm a Christian. I'm already here. So I believe in Jesus. Uh, it's definitely not me. I'm not number one. Uh, what, about, what about number two? What was that? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sprang up shallow. <laughs> not me. Uh, I'm not shallow. I'm, uh, I'm a believer. I have a Bible. It's paper. I keep it at home, but cool. Um, and, uh, and I am a believer. And so, so you know, that's, that's not me. But then you see the, the third one, and you're like, okay, distracted. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It's been COVID. It's a little distracted. You know, it's been a distracting season. Come on, give me a break. So I'm, I'm not fully distracted, maybe a little distracted, um, you know. And am I seeing a 30-fold harvest in my ministry right now? No. So, all right, I'm not one, I'm not two, but maybe somewhere between three and four. I'm probably that, I'm, yeah, I'm between a three and a four in that, right? So what do people do? You filter out who you are in the story. But can I be really honest with you? You've probably been all four. Yeah, I have. Uh, because this scripture, it depends when you read it. So if you mature, you're like, okay, this is me. I've been reading, I've been, you know, following Jesus for a long time now. But the reality is I have been all four of these. And I'll give you a great example. When I was younger, I remember um, there, were, there were a bunch of things that I wanted to be when I was growing up. One of them was to be a squishy bus driver. Not like a squishy bus driver, but you know, the bus with the bend in the middle. Because, because awesome <laughs> who wouldn't want that job right anyway um so I, I i wanted i wanted to do that i thought it might be a jet fighter pilot it involved maths not my thing so i was like okay what do i want to do one of the things i really wanted to do is be a pastor i said that when i was eight years old and you know the church that i went to people prophesied over me that said that kid is going to be a pastor well roll tape four and i'm far from god i'm disillusioned in my relationship with god i'm mad i'm frustrated i want nothing to do with god i can't understand why he let my grandfather die i can't understand why i got sick in my body this debilitating illness that made me wear calipers it's high school and you know i had to learn how to walk again leave school go and do physiotherapy at, during my lunch break and you know just to learn how to do what everyone else got for free and and i just god where were you if you really love me then you wouldn't have left me in that situation what i did is i decided that i was going to walk well away from God. And when I did that, I was sowing terrible seeds for my future. Of course, later on, those things began to grow a harvest in my life. Now, when that began to grow a harvest in my life, <laughs> I promise you, it was bad news. And as that began to spring up all around me, I heard, and it's almost like the audible voice, okay? Not the audible voice, but the, it was close, but not of God, like of Satan. <laughs> okay, so I say this, you thought I was going to say God, didn't you, right? No, 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 no. Because when you're low, that's when he'll come for you. And here I am in the middle of my circumstances, low as they get. And he says, you know, I know everything that you've done. And uh, you will never be a pastor. You could never do that job. You know why? Look at the harvest in your life. Look at the mistakes that you've made. And if people, they would never listen to you because if people only knew what you did and the harvest that it was producing in your life, right? And by the way, there is the threat of exposure. I find that the devil has like a Rolodex of memories that he frequently tries to get me to revisit. Remember this? Remember, you know, 1999? Let's talk about that. So, um, you know, it, 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 it goes on and on and I can hear his voice in my head. You know what's happening in that moment? He's trying to snatch the seed he's trying to snatch the seed it happens to people all the time they go through tough seasons they go through hard things and the devil says God could never use you now look at what you've done 
Yeah, well, I don't buy it. Because my God is the God of revival. My God is the God who can bring anything back to life. He's also the God of grace and He's the God of forgiveness. And I do believe that, you know, uh, we need to live lives, in, in, you know, in keeping with repentance, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Sure, we need to turn to Him, you know, but at, at the same time, you, you're not ruined for life. But I wanted to ask you this question. What are the skeletons that are in your closet that the enemy of your soul loves to remind you of telling you that you could never do something for God? What is it? Because it happens to people all the time. And the seeds that would produce great fruit in ministry are snatched before they can even begin to bear fruit. He'll just snatch them right off the path. You hear something encouraging, that's not for you. That's for someone else, but not for you. Yeah. No, it is for you. You know, there are so many people, they make decisions with their lives. And I understand that things, they don't always go the way that people want. Come on, you already know this. People get married with the best intentions and they end up divorced. And Christian people. So I'm not even talking about people outside the church. Let's talk about the church community. They get divorced. They didn't want that. They didn't intend on it, but it happened. And then what happens next? I know people that have heard the voice of the enemy say, God could never use you. You're damaged goods. It's too late for you. You're branded by the season. Don't you ever let the enemy brand you. He doesn't own you. He can't label you. The only one that can speak over you is the one who created you, made you, designed you, called you by name. He's got a future for you. Don't listen to the enemy of your soul. So, okay, so what is it? Okay, like, let's just, can we get a little bit real tonight? So, so what is it? What is the thing that the enemy would bring up in your life that would tell you that you can't do it? Come on, what is it? You know, maybe, maybe there's a drug thing. Maybe you, you were addicted to drugs. Maybe you are right now. And, and, and you're thinking God could never use me. Well, don't be too quick to judge yourself in the present season. I've learned that the God of redemption can help you to walk out of that season as well. So, so what is it? You know, I wonder how many people honestly have sex before marriage and then they hear the voice of the enemy come with condemnation and say, ah, see, that was the, that's the worst one. Probably murder's the worst one, guys. But, uh, you know, like, like, ah, but not in church. That's the worst one. All right. All right. What am I doing? I'm not trying to make light of sin. I'm making great of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get this? Because I believe that no matter what you've gone through or the season that you've faced, I believe that God can still use you. But everyone goes through seasons of discouragement. The gospel seed gets snatched. Well, what's the gospel seed? Well, I already told you what it was, but can I tell you how it's communicated? Because once you know that, it might actually open up things a little bit for you. So the gospel can be communicated by the written word. That's why you should read your Bible. Because there'll be times when you'll read this and you'll be like, God, I think you're speaking to me. Yeah, he, he might be doing that. Sometimes the, the, the way that God speaks to you, it, it, it's the spoken word. Sometimes it's prophecy. Somebody spoke over you and encouraged you. It's an audible word that, that you heard. Sometimes what happens is you get dreams, you know, the language of the Spirit of God. What do we know about it, right? It comes in the form of what? Dreams and visions, right? Dreams happen when you're asleep. Uh, visions happen when you're awake. All right, I'm just kind of narrowing the field for you so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because just because you're awake, don't dismiss what you thought you saw in your mind's eye. Do you understand what I'm saying? What about feelings? What about just an impression, a feeling that you get? You know, I've seen people reject feelings. Right? They feel like God said something to them. It's a feeling that they get. Maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe a little bit of criticism. Ah, that's just Pentecostal charismatic charismaniacs. <laughs> you know, right? Really? You kidding me? 
Because it's interesting because, you know, when people get married, they're willing to commit their entire life to someone based on a feeling. And then it happens in church, they're like, nah, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, who would walk into their wife and say, I love you, but don't be so sure, can't trust my feelings. If you say that, come see me after, you will need counseling. And your spouse. Do you get what I'm saying? It's a feeling, it's, a, and it's an impression. And it happens as one of the ways that God speaks to us. Satan will snatch that seed before it produces fruit. Where are my small group leaders? Right? I wonder how many small group leaders have been discouraged because no one showed up one night. And what happened, right? Uh, you, if you've ever led a small group, right, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They started to come in and never early in the morning. It's always a few minutes before. Yeah, 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 right? Okay, and then what happens, right? Ah, someone had a baby. All right, fair enough. Uh, but, but then what else happened? Um, uh, someone's tire got flat and someone got sick and then, you know, someone, had, you know, car hit my dog and, you know, whatever. There's like all these things. So, like all of these things happen at once, right? And, and they're all real and legit. Okay, but what are you here? Oh, that's when the enemy comes and says, you know why people aren't here? Because you're a terrible leader. Do you know why people aren't here? Because you've got nothing to offer. They don't want to listen to you. The truth is your small group doesn't even like you. They're just here because they have to be, you know? They're just saving face, you know? <laughs> Guys, listen, it's not true. But what happens is when you're down, right, the enemy will come and he'll try to snatch every seed because he would hate for you to become a disciple maker. So what does the gospel mean? Well, how about this? Heaven's on your side. And if he's for you, who could there be against you? I think that's true. I think that's true. Don't let your future be snatched. I'll tell you two people who did that. Adam and Eve. <clears throat> they also let our future be snatched, by the way, guys. <laughs> what happened? Well, they had good seed. Was, what did God say to them? Be fruitful and what? Okay, be fruitful and multiply. That's good seed. And what happened? They didn't even just let their seed be snatched. They let it be replaced. Because what did the devil do? Well, he came along and sowed some seeds as well. And they cultivated what he said over what God said. And I've told people before, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you will not beat the principle of sowing and reaping. So, so if you start to harvest or you start to sow the things that the enemy says, it will produce a harvest in your future that you don't like. And that's what Adam and Eve did. And, you know, guys, look how that turned out. Not good for any of us. In fact, you don't know this, but when you get to heaven, everyone wants to meet Jesus. But there is a second line. Everyone wants to meet Adam. <laughs> Bro, do you know how hard it was down there for us, right? Oh, yeah, we got stuff going on everywhere. You had an apple. What's wrong with you? You know, one, one apple. Can you not control yourself? Anyway, this is therapeutic for me. Um, so what's the point? All right, well, good seed and good soil produces a good harvest. Amen? What's my point? Protect the seed. Protect the seed. There's a seed that's sown, protect the seed. You got to protect the seed. Because I think that some of you, some of you have been told things. And I, I would say this, especially if you're here tonight, you may be even a little bit older. And, and some of you heard things and believed things about what could happen and God, what God could do. But after a season of difficulty, you actually just wrote that off. Or did something worse, which is unbiblical. Let's just shelve it. Don't shelve a thing. Keep praying over it. Keep seeking God on it. Because in due time, you will reap if you do not what? Give up. Give up. Amen. In Jesus' name. So don't believe the lie. Don't believe the guy. Lie. Or the guy. <laughs> the devil is a guy. That's unbiblical. 
God does want to produce something in your life, all right? And what does, the, what, what, what does the gospel produce? I told you it's like an umbrella word. It produces so many things. What do we know? What does it produce? Well, well, the gospel is able to produce apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. That's good. The gospel is able to produce you know, spiritual gifts, if we read those as well, what's that? The working of miracles and interpretation of, uh, uh, of tongues and all kinds of spiritual things, you know? Like, uh, the gospel is able to produce all kinds of things in your life. What, what about the, uh, the grace gifts? The, uh, the gospel is able to produce leadership in people. Did you even know that? It's a, it's a grace. It's a grace that's there because God gave it to you. That's part of the gospel package, you know? And you know what? I, I don't want to get too extreme right now, but I'm just going to go with this for a minute, so hang on tight. You know what I think that it produces? It produces production people that lay down their time to serve God's church so that you can have an amazing worship experience. Because please don't think for a minute that just because it wasn't listed in the Bible doesn't mean that God isn't in it. He is continuing to produce things all the time. I think that the gospel produces people that make coffee in the foyer. You're like, now you're losing it. Really? What about the gift of hospitality? It's actually in the Bible. It's there. Why? Because people know that God is kind when you are. There's something about who you are that communicates the gospel to people and hospitality does that. Do you, I mean, do you get the point that I'm making? So the gospel is able to produce a lot of things, but not everyone sees that harvest in their life. That's the point of the whole parable. What did Jesus say? He said one of the reasons why Christian people won't experience that kind of a harvest in their life is because the soil is shallow. Not to let it be lost on you tonight. It means that if you're a Christian, your faith is shallow. That's what that means. You have shallow faith. A mile wide, an inch deep. Things get difficult. The high winds come. There's no root system. You know, just faith just falls over. It happens. There's, a, there's this surface level Christianity. Surface level faith. And I have discovered that people can join teams at church and have shallow faith. You could be on the host team. You could be at church every week and you could have shallow faith. And you could serve all the time. You can learn the Christian vernacular. You can use the right words to speak. And you, you amen, brother. You know, you're saying all the right things, right? Oh, he seems, yeah, he sounds so holy. Yeah, but you got no faith. And, and, and how do we know? When does the time come? Well, Jesus said, well, this is when we're going to figure it out. He said, when persecution comes, it's really easy to give in to culture today. So I recognize, I understand that the pressure that they were facing is a little bit different to the pressure that, that Christian people might face today. You know, we have all kinds of different things that, that we face today that maybe they didn't face back then. Uh, I wonder how many of you have heard, you can't say that anymore. Oh, not in 2022. There is this cultural pressure that happens. You know, what can't we say? <laughs> What, what can't we do anymore? It's a cultural pressure. You know, you know what persecution looks like? You being ostracized for your faith in your workplace. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the giveaway? You didn't wear the right colored lanyard. Yeah. Yeah. 
We got corporate companies demanding that you accept their moral values as if they have the moral high ground. And they demanded of you, you will fall in line with this company and you will have our values. Why should I have that? Oh, well, we pay you, so you better have our, our values. Please don't be for sale. Don't let your faith be for sale. What can't I say anymore? Seriously, it's outrageous. What can't I say? Can I say male? Can I say that? I don't know. What about female? Can I say that? I don't know. What can't I say? It's getting, it's getting crazy. Do you, do you know what it's like being a preacher these days? It's like hunting for landmines with a hammer. And you just keep searching and eventually you will hit one and it will blow up in your face. And I just pray to God that he will provide me with some kind of supernatural bomb-proof suit so when it explodes in my face, I'm protected. Because you know what? There are so many places we can't step today. Gosh. And you know what this is? This is persecution. And it's subtle in some ways, but it's happening. And what happens when you experience that? I guess that's when we know where our faith is really at. And it's important to, to, to have the kind of faith that helps you pass the test because, you know, there, honestly, there will be a day. And I'm not trying to like make anyone feel you know, guilty or anything like that. I'm just trying to be upfront about your future. So um, there will be a day where you will stand before God and He'll say, so how did you go? And you'll be like, it's getting hot in here. Can I get some water? I will answer you. It's feeling... It's feeling hot. You're feeling that right as the flames are creeping up. No, that's not true. <laughs> that is not true. Hey, so unbiblical. You're saved by grace through faith in Christ. But, you, but you, like, do you get the point? Yeah. Hey, listen, there's just going to be a day where you're going to give an account for your life. What are you going to say? Yeah. You know, you've got to have this faith. By the way, can I just add something to this? When we talk about values... When we talk about things that people believe, you know, I've, I've heard young people say, oh, my, my, my parents' old-fashioned values. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> well, God is the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, He's eternal. Yeah. That makes Him timeless. Yeah. That means that His values aren't just for the present. They're also for the future. I would say that they are futuristic values. I would say they're eternal values. And I would say that we're better off sticking with what's eternal than what's transient and seasonal. Do you, yeah? Yeah. Is that okay? So if you're going to stick with him, here's what you're going to need. You're going to need a root system. You're going to need deep, deep roots. What does that mean? Well, why don't I give you a list? All right, get, get out your iPads, iPhones, not Samsungs. All right, you can do it. Um, you better get a word life. Do you read the Bible? You better get a word life. Uh, you better get a prayer life. Spend time with Jesus every day. Listen to what he has to say to you. You're sowing seeds in that season that will produce something in your life that sometimes you don't expect and it's good and it's just, you know, God sees your faithfulness. Uh, if I was making a list and, and, and you want to be bold in, in, in your faith and, you know, not, not fail under pressure, you know what I would honestly say? Holy Spirit baptism. You know, I, I've said this a couple times recently. If, it, if Christianity had a silver bullet, ooh, this would be it. Because the people that were... Baptized in the Holy Spirit, they were bold and they looked death in the face and they said, bring it on. Yeah. You want to be bold? Be, be filled with the Spirit. You need a community. You need support. 
You know what you need? You need people that you can have in your life that come up to you and say, are you kidding, bro? You can't, that's, that's, you can't think that. You are listening to the lies of the enemy right now. You need people that will speak into your life. But you know what? We kind of live lives right now where it's like, hey, and I've said this before, but you know, you do you, I'll do me. Like, we, my values, I'll live my own truth. Oh God, please don't do that. Seriously, you need someone to come and tell you the truth sometimes. And it's actually really helpful. That's why we have Christian community. So you need this because you know what? In life, I have learned that life is seasonal and we go through a lot of different challenges, a lot of different things that can happen in life. And so like, okay, I'm a, I'm a parent. I have uh, three, three kids. Uh, one of them has just gone into high school. But, you know, when, <laughs> when I was a young adult, I was like, oh, I'm so busy, right? And then I had kids, <laughs> all right? And once you've had kids, you'll be like, what was I doing with my time? <laughs> Why was I so busy? I don't know, right? And, 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 and those children, while beautiful, yeah, they can be a distraction. It's not wrong, you know, they're the most beautiful distraction ever. But if your life is totally absorbed in your kids and you're never doing anything with that gospel seed that's been sown into your heart, I'm like, oh, I just reckon you're not producing the harvest that God wants in your life. You can find a way to do both. I mean, there, there's so many things. Think about your life. Think about what's going on. There are so many distractions, right? Uh, I mean, you, you got uh, uni. You, you're trying to save for a house, but you're also renting. And it's hard to rent and save at the same time. We can't figure that thing out. Like, it's really hard, you know? And, and so you just got to work hard. You got to get ahead. Uh, if I'm going to do this, I've got to advance in my career. So that's the number one thing. And, and if I could just advance in my career, then I'll get the money and I'll turn. I, I will really fully give myself to Jesus at a later date when I have the resources to be able to do it, you know? And, wh and what do we see? It's, you know what it is? It's just delay, delay, delay. You know? And my point is simply this. If you're always delaying, you're missing out on what God wants to do in your life. Yeah. The truth is, is that some of these things we invite into our lives. And then there's just the stuff that we call drama, you know, just crazy drama. Stuff, you didn't sow it, but you seem to be reaping it. And that's the worst harvest, you know. You're like, how did I get caught up in this? I don't want anything to do with this. But somehow, someone else has included you. And it's distracting. And you've got relationship issues and, 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 and you know, all financial issues. And stuff is going on in your life. And what is it? Oh, it's a distraction. Again, none of these things are necessarily bad. But if you're not producing a gospel harvest, that's bad. I, I think that is bad. If you are a parent of small children, you, you, you would know this. And I don't know how many people have been parents of small children here, but you know what it's like? When I pick up my kids from school, I get three of them in the car and I say to them, guys, how was your day? And then, like a surgeon, I extract information one word at a time, right? And I have many open-ended follow-up questions to try to get some sense of what their day was like. They come home, they do dishes, you know, they, they, you know, do their homework, read, whatever. We have dinner together, a little bit of chit-chat, you know. Afterwards, maybe some Xbox, I don't know, whatever, right? And, and then I look at the time, I'm like, oh, look at this, look at the time. Well, you'd best be getting to bed. Now what happens? Oh, Dad, I've got so much to talk to you about. There is so much going on in my life right now. I have a, uh, there is a thing that's coming up and in a couple of weeks. There's a, there's a parents form. You need to sign it. But first, let me tell you about it, you know. And I'm like, 
Why didn't you tell me this earlier? Where have you been? And, and then they were, well, let me tell you what I did today and who I played with. And God, you know, Dad, it was the funniest story. Like, I want to tell you. And I'm like, gosh, like, we, you know, you get home from school, you have no word count. Now, look at you. You just, now, it's, now we're in overflow, you know, it's just coming out everywhere, right? Try to get them to brush their teeth. Suddenly they need a drink. What's happening? Dad, there's a reason. I need to be up. I can't sleep properly. My hair hurts. My legs itchy. You know, there is just... So, no, guys, honestly, I, I promise you, this is what it's like. And, and I'm like, how did you come up with all of this stuff? You know what it is? They're just experts at delaying. Now I've seen people do ministry just like this or do life like this. Experts at delaying. And right as the season arrives or as the thing could happen, you know, where, where the seed has been sown, right as it could bear fruit, suddenly your life is filled with stuff that's going to pull you in the other direction. And I'm saying, man, you can't. We, we can't do that. We can't afford to do that. We can't live like that. Can I tell you the truth tonight? Three ways to not produce a harvest. One way to do it. Here's the truth. Here's what God wants. He wants to produce. And just so you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lowball it to you tonight. I'm going to lowball it. All right? He wants to produce a 30-fold harvest minimum. Like minimum. Do you see what it said? He said, the, the good heart that's, receives the seed and reacts favorably to it, it produces. And what does he start at? 30, 60, 100 fold harvest. Yes, many of you are looking at me like I am unimpressed. I thought this would be the case. So I thought, how can I explain to people that don't do agriculture what that means? You're like, yeah, 30 fold harvest. Seems like a lot. But you know what? I, I heard this, this um, I don't know, like this rumor about how many times it would take you to fold a piece of paper to get to the moon. I thought, that's cool. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to Google this. Because if people don't understand agriculture, we've used, you know, some reflex. So, so here's the thing. If you get an A4 piece of paper and you fold it over, that's one fold. You fold it in half again, that's twofold. And yes, the process continues, right? How many times would you need to fold that piece of paper in order to get it from, if you place it on the ground, to get from the earth to the moon. How many times would you need to do that? All right, here's the answer. Yeah, you go hundreds, hundreds, right? It's 42. That's, that's, that's remarkable, everybody. Like, I don't know what you're looking at me, you know. That's 42. That's amazing. You tell me, some of you are gonna go home and get a reflex and say, let's see this, right? You won't get past eight, I promise you. You can't, right? People have worked it out though. 42 fold harvest would get you from planet earth to the moon. You know what God wants to do? Minimum 30, some 60, some 100. Do you get the point? You know what that is? That's ministry overflow. That, that, that is being poured out in such a lavish amount that you can't even believe that it's even, it's, it's unfathomable, it's, it's, it's unimaginable. That is fruit. But you gotta cultivate it. You need to cultivate it. I've learned something about God is that when He wants to produce something great in your life, He will give you your future in seed form. It just needs to be planted. You know what Jesus said about the kingdom of heaven? He said, oh, it's like a, this, one of the smallest seeds planted that grows up into a big tree and then the birds of the air come and make their nest in the branches. What is His point? It's a seed that's sown and also grown over time, seasons. Sun, rain, harsh weather. What does it do? Develops resilience. 
develop something so, so that so that later on you've got the capacity to hold some ministry to, to get some ministry weight. Do you get what I'm saying? What does God want to do? He wants to pour out blessing into your life. He's sowing good seed. If you react favourably to it, He will pour out blessing into your future. And I'm talking about a gospel harvest. This is the stuff that He wants to see produced. So what is the whole point of this? Well, here it is. It's good seed. That's the gospel. In good soil, that's your heart. And it produces an outrageous overflow. That is fruitful ministry, supernatural, fruitful ministry in your life. And all I want to do is just encourage you with this one thing. It's what I genuinely hand on heart believe. You know, you react favorably to what God says to you and God's not done with you. I really believe it. He's not finished with your ministry. There are things that God has for you if you respond right. If you don't believe the lies of the enemy, if you don't allow the seed to be snatched before it even starts to produce something, if your roots go deep and, you, and, and you've got that prayer word, life with people around you that encourage you, you, you got a root system that goes deep. If you're not distracted all the time and given your life away and your, your focus, your attention to other things, but you hear God's voice and you say, that's it. You lock in and you say, I'm all yours. I had that moment in my life. There was a moment I could pinpoint the exact place on a road that I was driving where I said, you've got it. I'll give you all of me. And you make that commitment and you go after it. What I want to say is you keep going till you see some fruit. And I've really believed that in due season, you will reap if you do not give up. So don't give up. I believe it. I believe it. I believe that the best years of ministry seasons could all be ahead of you. Don't buy into the light. And I, even as I say that, I can hear the word being snatched away. Don't believe it. It's too late for you. You're too this, you're too that, you're too the other. No, don't buy it. Don't believe it. That's the whole point. Don't let that be taken away from you. You believe everything that God says because you know what? The, the God that we serve, He's no respecter of persons. You know what He responds to? Faith. As ageless. You respond in faith to Him and you watch what He does in your life. So can I pray? Can I pray for you guys tonight? That's all I want to do. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.